and we're now recording. No, welcome back <laughs> to another episode of No Tech Talk. If you're listening to this right now, you probably feel a little bit slighted because uh, we're recording this on the Sunday. You did not get an episode this previous Sunday because I introduced uh, Jay's therapy session. So if you did not hear the last episode, it's about 10 minutes. And basically, it's just about um, how I'm going to have like a mini sub series within the podcast to let people know of like my different experiences with therapy, going to therapy and, you know, all the, the rigmarole around that. Anyway, but this is like, of course, no tech talk where the only only rule here is to have no tech. I do feel like my guest today uh, embodies what it means to have no tech. He's very candid and I love it. Uh, it's a dope friend of mine. Uh, he is a model a photographer, a painter, an artist, aspiring actor, and soon-to-be filmmaker. A man of many talents will hear us today. Let me introduce to you my brother in arms, Stephen Cohen. Ah! <laughs> up, nice, to, nice to be here, Jay. It's, it's, good to, it's good to help you know on your path, on your journey. Yes, we're helping each other. I was just telling everybody, like, it's starting to pick up a little bit. And, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't even expect this because I listen to people uh, with different podcasts. They don't, like, really – I mean, I ain't got major traction, but, like, they don't really start seeing, like, growth, like, maybe, like, a year in. So I think this is right. the 20th – will be the 20th episode. And, and hey. I, I, you know, and I'm so glad that I didn't do, like, little mini episodes because everybody was like, you should do, like, 30 minutes tops – but most of them have been like an hour and some change because I got some dope people coming on. Right. If I let a dude around my mouth, um, I'm not, my back hurts. So <laughs> I'm going to be adjusting in my seat for the people that watch on YouTube. We're going to the chiropractor. And just like I've been talking about mental health. Uh, I've been taking control over my back because of airborne school. You know, I told you my back was hurting a lot. Okay. I need to go to a chiropractor. Yo, yeah. So... <laughs> As you, I'm gonna bring you in just a second, but like my my left leg um is 40 inches long, and then my right leg was like 39, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And so now they are starting wow. to even back out because I've been like I've been like two or three times in the last week uh to get started because he had to really get me back like in shape and like I just been mm-hmm. sore like every day. Again, I'm on this steroid. I'm on this. They got some some super strong. They're not Percocet or nothing, but it's but if Percocet. And had a son. That was what the appeal would be. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Offspring of Park. Oh, <laughs> uh, but to kind of give people a, um, an idea before we kind of dive into our conversation, uh, I met Mrs. Steve. How you want to call you? Steve Cole? What? Steve, yeah. Steve. Fine. I met Steve, man. We were in the recruiting school. And if you don't remember in other conversations, I'm a recruiter. He is as well. And Cali, living it up where it's never cold. Um mm. We met in recruiting school, had the best time ever. We kind of clicked up with two other people. Shout out to Quay and Joe. Um, but it was it was different. Well, I say it was different for me because I didn't think that I was going to, like, have anybody to be cool with, right? And so, and what was different, and if you're in the military, listen to this, you know how, like, sometimes you would meet people who you're, you know, it could be, let's say, the, oh, the class two months, something like that, two and a half months, whatever. I, I yeah, could say, I, could, say I could be closer to you than some of my friends back home or, you know, some of the people that uh, they say they cool with Jay or whatever. Right. But it's like, you know, you meet people in the military, like, man, you, you cool forever. And it's, right. it's weird how that happens like that. So uh, I called you and I was, I'm going to let everybody know. I called you and I said, hey, man, I need your perspective on a lot of different things because you, you're a man of many talents in many areas in life. Um, so for one, Let's recap. Let's do a little recap. How was recruiting school for you? <laughs> oh man, recruiting school it was it was really We're talking fun. about army I, recruitment. Yeah, yeah, like it. 
I honestly like that was one of the best like courses I ever went to. Like they, the instructors, everybody who put all of that together made mm. recruiting sound so like bomb. Like mm. it was, it was dope. But outside of, of the recruiters, <laughs> <laughs> it's the complete opposite. This is this is the real thing out here. Yeah, like, it's it's just weird. I like giving people a perspective, especially hearing from somebody else. I was like, man, Jay, you could talk. Being able to talk and be personable has nothing to do with it. Uh, I always say, you know, our friend Joe, he's living like my life because he's in San Antonio and he's doing everything I thought recruiting would be. And I ended up in like the worst part of Texas <laughs> to recruit at. And so like, it's been, it's been a struggle. Uh, but it's, how has the COVID and everything hit affected like the job over there? And like, so... Actually, so we had uh, we had a couple recruiters that we thought might have had COVID in in your um, station. No, 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 no. In in another station, like a few miles down the road. That's yeah. And, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, it, the the whole of Santa Clara County is just like huge. So yeah. Um. Th- there was some future soldiers. I think eight or nine of them who. Mm-hmm. who didn't ship out to basic training because they were in fear of coronavirus. Oh, wow. But that's still, that was still y'all fault though, wasn't it? Right. You know, everything gets blamed on us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they, they do, they think their way of blaming all the recruiters of all, you didn't have, you didn't get in touch with them enough. Like, no, we talk to them every day. They they don't want to go. Like, what can you do? (laughs) Uh, It was, it's been crazy for us, man. Um, Because the, the future soldiers and what that is, is like, when somebody joins the army, um, they become a future soldier. So like, let's say they join the day and they leave out, you know, August 12th or something. They're a future soldier until August 12th. And we got to make sure that we maintain contact with them and do other little things to make sure they're ready right. to go. But in that time, uh, anything could happen. Like I had a guy, I had my first debt loss. So somebody decided that he didn't want to go like a week prior to, and they tried oh, wow. to make it my fault. But it wasn't my fault. I had like the history talk to him. Right. And this, yo, man, I put this dude in like in December. And he's, he's supposed to leave out, I think, was what's today? He's supposed to leave like a week ago, like the 27th or something. And he did not go. And it was a whole thing. And so, my, so on a motivational tip as well, like I'm talking to my boss and, you know, he's like, you gotta do better, you gotta do better. I said, okay, I'm in a downtown metropolitan area, everything's closed. Okay, mm-hmm. COVID's hit. We have riots. We live in down, down, down. We were right down the street from the Capitol building in Austin, right? Um, <laughs> protests, riots, people are closing down. People like, I mean, uh, got the little plywood and stuff on the buildings. Okay, we're already like in a small location and you still want me to get like so many appointments. And there's no like love for us right, right now. Did, y- did y'all's mission go up? Well, no. <laughs> But the um, like you know, they try to slowly bring the appointments up per week, and like you can do it, and you gotta get something. You talk to all these folks every day. First one is the same list. It's the same list that we use. The same people <sighs> anyway. that say stop contacting me. Take me. We're just gonna the make list. the whole episode about recruiting, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, um, but it's just hard. And so when I first started, I think it's different for uh, for a lot of people too, because depending on what job that you have. I first started like it was cool because like they were actually like letting us work work from home telework when I was trying mm-hmm. to pick it back up, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that the world the world well the nation I say at least doesn't really understand how serious this this is or could be. Everybody's in this season of trying to get back to normal when there is not going to be another normal. It's going to mm-hmm. be a it's going to be a, 
before COVID and after COVID. And then you sprinkle all the, the racial injustice, which we're going to talk, talk about in a minute, in there as well. And, um, you know, nobody wants to talk about that in the military. It's a sensitive topic. And, I, you know, I went in the military, they always say, you know, you can talk about three things. What is it, like religion, um, politics, and like, I have one third one, I can't even remember. Uh, but th- those major heavy hitting topics, you know, um, sexual orientation, sexual orientation, sexual orientation. So like at first it was um, don't ask, don't tell. Now it's like you, you cool. And it's this whole thing. So I think the military has always been kind of a, a step back from where they need to be. And I like being a recruiter because I would say it's the most diverse place I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got like a lot of flack early on because I, I wanted to see people that look like me in my uh in my upper echelons and it was it was different so have you ever experienced anything similar like just trying to see somebody that looks like you act like you or just kind of somebody you can emulate because so yeah you know it was it was difficult like um growing up so i grew up in i was born in detroit and then raised in southern georgia and oh wow out of a uh, my parents are my dad's uh, my dad's black my mom's white so mm-hmm. I'm mixed and um, look going from an all a predominantly black school to the south where That's it's like change. me me and like probably six other black kids there um, you know people are like oh you're not black enough for the black kids or you're not white enough for the white kids it's like it's, it was a culture shock coming to southern georgia going to school different with different you know communities yeah and like i didn't have a lot of uh i guess a, a, someone to look up to to say hey okay cool i can follow in those steps to mm-hmm. to get where i need to be or it was a whole bunch of okay maybe i'll try this out maybe i'll do this maybe i'll go to culinary maybe i'll you know fix cars like my, my stepdad or yeah. something like that it was you know and i'm not blaming like my parents for anything i'm just saying like you know where's the where's the right path that you know that i wanted to do so i dibbled and dabbled in a lot of different things before mm-hmm. i actually like figured out what i wanted to do um and then you know using the army as like a a scapegoat a temporary scapegoat Step because yes yeah, <laughs> you know as we explained to the to the recruits like <laughs> um like because there wasn't a lot of good jobs where i was in southern georgia so mm. um i was just like all right i need a stable job i need to get out i need to go around the world i need to travel a little bit more and i could do that with the army so boom i did yeah. that and now after the army i'm gonna go to film school okay and, um pursue that you know so so what it do you took feel me a minute, about, but i found it what do you feel about people saying well y'all got all these opinions because this always comes up you know mm-hmm. oh you feel a certain type of way because even for fourth of july well i say just july 4th it's another saturday you know I, I've, I've unlearned right it was like how can you feel uh so passionate about you know black lives matter you know all these political topics but still be in the military yeah we, I, we've right you get that a lot yeah we so out here at uh, san jose city college we had this one guy who always came up to us when we were doing a table setup um, yeah. you know talking to other students and he was like oh how can you be uh black and and be in the military when you know the military was uh founded off of uh having black slaves yeah uh, so they could get their freedom and stuff like that. i'm like look listen like bro this is a stable job right now <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I'm I'm all for it, you know, but at the moment this is what I'm doing to pay the bills. Like Yeah. Come on now. And when I first got in, I came in like in a reserve component, like in the National Guard. And I never thought I would mm-hmm. be active duty. And so like mm-hmm. there were a lot of bad stories, but a lot of good ones as well. I mean, I can't just say like the army's racist. I can't. That's a very blanket statement. But <laughs> the lens that I see from the army, I don't think would be any different from any other organization. Like people right. always that's- say that, you know, um, you can go anywhere. And, I'm sorry. I always say that you can go anywhere and you're going to McDonald's have a racist, you know, manager. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I think of it as a job and you know, there, there's a certain small amount of patriotism as I kind of grew up into it. I get it. You know, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. You know, it's a mm-hmm. honorable thing being in, as, as a soldier, but, and I think that whenever you're trying to change an organization, there has to be some people from within. And so I've had conversations with other white guys or other people that try to be, you know, like the majority. Um, and they're like, well, I've never experienced any racism in the army, duh. Or I've never seen black people, uh, you know, get, um, what's the word, had racist intent, whatever, you know, I, was, I had to explain, I was explaining on multiple episodes as well that it's not like blatant in your face racism or it's not blading your face like you know your biases because everybody has different biases or any, any it's more subliminal type. like yeah some people don't even know they're they're being racist but but so now we have a, a decision to be that angry black man or the you know because I, I try to i try to educate as much as i can because that's what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks influence your sphere influence mm-hmm. the people that you're around but my chip that was on my shoulder is like i'm tired of being a big person you know, I'm tired of being the one that, okay, y'all, I'm let y'all catch up now because y'all saw something so horrific. Now y'all, now y'all trying to be a part of it. And now it's all kind of new. And so, and so I'm at the stage where I'm just really trying to get people to benefit of the doubt and say, tell me otherwise. That's where I'm at. Um, I was talking to my buddy Tremaine, maybe like an hour ago. He was talking about the good old boy system in the army mm-hmm. and how people will act brand new or they'll try to fit in especially in like your combat units, right? So I just came from like a real heavy, you know, cab unit, which is pretty much a combat unit. Only black guy. First time people ever seen waves, you know, they love my tattoos and how I looked on my skin or whatever, you know, and I'm just like, so many fights I could get in <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> Weren't you just like in an airborne unit before you got in? Yeah, I was, uh, I was only in, in, uh, Fort Bragg for like two and a half years, but yeah, I was. What I was, was that like, like for you? Um, we had, uh, we had a black first sergeant, so that was. Oh wow! Like, really? Yeah, <laughs> that was that was good for the longest, um, and then he left. Um, oh. But I will say, like, the, I've only experienced racism that I've known of mm-hmm. for me, like twice. So once in Fort Drum, I had a racist first sergeant. Uh, First arm pits, calling him out. Um, there you go. <laughs> and he is, <laughs> it's like, it's so my NCO, the, the supervisor above me, for those yeah. who, who don't know, um, she's black and we were always like a powerhouse team. Our, our whole clerk office, you know, doing our thing. Um, but for some reason, we always got called out for shit that wasn't, mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with us. Yeah. And the second time, um, actually was recently here at this recruiting station a vietnamese co-worker of mine 
uh, he was coming out of his office and I was the only black guy in the office at, at the moment because mm-hmm. we were doing like morning shifts and everything. So my other black coworker uh, was off until the afternoon. So the Sergeant Wynn, he came out and he said, Hey, Sergeant Coleman, Sergeant Tran wanted to know if, uh, if he would actually pass out and die if you put your knee on his neck. Go ahead, put your knee on his neck. I'm like, what? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, why would, I, felt, I was like, why would you ask Yo. me that? Yeah, of course, of course, obviously you could pass out. It's called asphyxiation. Like, why would you ask me that? Oh. So I sat back down and I'm just like, why? I would have lost I, my mind. Listen, but listen, it took, me, <laughs> it took me three hours to calm myself because I was just like sitting there like, Yo. Did, this, did this motherfucker really ask me? <laughs> yeah, right? Did he? I was in shock. And then, so the station commander came back. He was like in an appointment or something. Yeah. And I go in there and I'm like, yo, Star, can I talk to you outside? He was like, yeah. I was like, outside the office. He's uh-huh. yeah, okay. So I go in the Star and Wynn's office. I was like, can I talk to you and Star Perez outside? We go outside and I'm like, look, I don't know if what you thought you said was a joke, but it was highly offensive and I'm not, I'm not fucking for it. Like, mm-hmm. I, was, I was pissed off. I was like, I'm trying to be professional as I can. And he was trying to apologize. He's like, I'm sorry. I was like, no, I'm not accepting no, no apology. No. That either, either if you were joking or not, both ways it was bad. Like, there's no way you can explain. I'm the it. only black person in the office at the moment. Why would you come out and off and ask me that? And so I walked in, and then you know, of course, I filed an EO complaint. Mm-hmm. Um, all all of that, and they said, you know, request a remedy or whatever the thing is at the bottom where they say like, what would you like to happen and everything. I said I want Sergeant First Class when to be held responsible for the words that he said if he thought it was a joke or regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I need to be removed from the recruiting station because I don't feel comfortable working there. Yeah. And that's not the first time somebody said something something that like was it. uncomfortable. Like the second day I was there another coworker, we were talking about high schools, like, you know, what, what's our plan? What are we going to do? Um, and my coworker, Sergeant Vo was like, Sergeant Coleman, are you gay? Mm-hmm. Second but, day. Uh, second day. <laughs> Take me out to lunch for something. Like. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bruh, right here in front of everybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not uh-huh. a discussion that needs to be held at, like the workplace, yeah. Work, like right then and there. Like, I, first of all, I don't even know y'all. Like, we're not cool like that. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. What is? But what does that got to do with what we're talking about? And so, from then on, even from then on, I just didn't, you know, didn't click one. How did they ask it? Like, how did he? Was he trying to be like? I don't know? know because he's 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 a very blunt person. I didn't like mm-hmm. him at first because of that. But as we you know, being here a year and a half, I was, I, I grew to understand that he's a very blunt person. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I, I get that you wanted to know, but you could have like pulled me off to the side or something. Yeah. You could have, cause maybe I didn't want everyone in the office to know that, you know, maybe because mm-hmm. I, I've had that being used against me before in the military. Really? Like, oh, well, because he's, because he's like this, let's not, let's not do this or let's act a certain way around him. So mm-hmm. maybe I didn't want that at this station and when he said it it's like i didn't have a choice it was out yeah. there now like so what do you mean what situations that what you mean that have prevented you from doing whatever because people might know you gay like i guess an example like let's see like going to certain trainings or uh oh sergeant coleman can can stay back uh, because he's not he's not going to be or we don't we don't need him or he's not strong enough or 
It's, wow. it's like maybe, and maybe this is me speaking for them, which I don't want to do, but uh-huh. my, my thought process of it is like, they think like we're seen as weaker or, mm. or something like that, which is weird because I've seen, you know, lesbian captains, uh, gay yeah, sergeants, right. Or, or trans, uh, chief warrant officer. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't under I don't understand how this even in the military can still be seen as something less than yeah. Well, that that's from, what I was from our brothers and sisters, you know. Like, well, that that's the thing. That's how they get. That's how they ask those questions for me because we're all green, cool, right? And that's how they use it as a segue. Like, yeah, we're, we're brothers and sisters, no? da, 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 da. So, are you gay or or how, how black are you? Do you like? What, a watermelon like bro, what like they think it's like a, a pass because we're all the same we work together every day so you can still come with me and ask questions like that i was just at the pool yesterday uh one of my friends and so like they had like some neighbors that come by um and it was i think she was i think it's hispanic you know uh but she came up to my friend's wife and she had like some dope box braids whatever so she asked her about her nails initially but then made like a mm-hmm. super quick segue to like, oh yeah, how much you charge to your hair? And she's like, I didn't even say I even did hair. You know, like <laughs> it's just assuming like, so she tried That's to make that conversation. That's the part that I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like, don't come at me. I've just met you. Like, I think they didn't even really know each other that well, but you're already trying to see how much she charged to do box braids for you. Like, come on, man. That's not, that's not what you do. But you think that just, you think that's like a segue, like, well, let me just uh, try to, um, say something or say something that I know she might be interested in or they might, you know, can relate to based off of my own stereotypes types or biases or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And so the thing about that is, um, and kind of what we're talking about is people will use, um, they'll use that and try to like, kind of like, they know you can't say certain things in the military. You can't act a certain type of way and try to get you, I think provoke you. If I can go that far. Antagonize. And yeah, antagonize, get you to, you know, be a certain type of way. And that's not what's up. So, and it, like I said, I get the whole army piece, but it's, it's, it's just like any other organization. We got bosses, we got coworkers, we got, you know, reports and everything like that. So like I was some in the military, but it's still fucking another job to me, especially in recruiting. Um, another reason why I want to come out of recruiting, we'll come into recruiting is because it's probably, it's it's more diverse in the army, mm-hmm. you know. Like you know, it, it really is, and so um, I think that's just it's still crazy hearing that, that it's still there. You might have like that one infantry soldier. Was he infantry? Was he a combat soldier? The blunt mm-hmm. guy. I see. Yeah. Why can't I call it? <laughs> I mean, it, you know, you have you have those 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 ones. It's always one. So. Um, another thing I want. To, oh man, messed up my mic. <laughs> <laughs> another thing I want to talk about. Um, was that we talked, me and Tremaine actually, we talked about uh, when a black guy or a black person, female, whatever, gets to a certain echelon, like a first sergeant real high up there, um, that they feel like they're the only one. So like whatever they had to do to get up to that rank now. So it's like you go to a board to be evaluated to go up to the higher rank mm-hmm. and you like see like a black first sergeant or a black sergeant major in there. You automatically assume, all right, bro, you got me. You know, I'm gonna do my part too, but like, you ain't finna be giving me a hard time. But he said, what he's saying is, you be in these places um, that to where they, you know, they have an influence over whatever's going on, and they're still trying mm-hmm. to be completely, you know, neutral. Which I get, you know. But at the same time, it's like, come on, bro, you know how this work. I ain't saying you gotta right. just give it to me, but like, help a brother out. I don't, I don't think that's wrong. 
right? It's one of them no tack moments. I don't think that's wrong. I, I do think there's a certain amount of professionalism. I ain't, I ain't saying show favoritism, but it's it's kind of like, hey, you know, we need to take care of each other within this obviously white organization. I mean, let's just say right. how it is. Like, and they say, well, you shouldn't have gotten in the first place. Well, I'm here now. I'm here for like, whatever right, reason. You can't tell me how hard I need to work. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I've had a, a personal experience like that too um, on both ends. So like, more times than not, they have like, yeah, I got you. They put me to the side. They don't need to know. It kind of just help along. But it's just, they have to make sure to do it very tactfully. No pun intended. But I had one particular um, first sergeant, not first sergeant. I think he was like one of the, um, what is it? One of the captains up in S3, in the S3 shop. And you could tell, and I want to use this phrase as well too, because I know we're like big on like saying, don't act white or don't act this or act black. But without having to over explain it, y'all know what I'm talking about. Sorry, he's all politically correct. But like the black dude was acting white. I mean, this is what it is. You could tell that that was not who he was. And he was trying to be in his white environment. If I'm saying it properly, I don't know. But, but you know, you like, it's just the stuff that you would do. I'm not even going to go into it. <laughs> but you could just tell us like, I'm not saying you got to be like, what's up, bro? Like, no, but it's just like, I know that's how you don't act because when we were like talk on the side, it's completely different. But when he was in the office with like all the other, because he was the only black um, officer in there. What's that called? Code switching? Yes. Code switching. And so. Like to, to fit in. Yeah. And that, that's, the, that's the problem I think that we have, me and you, what I'm saying is it's hard for us to be different. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's hard for us to be anything other than ourselves. And so that's another reason why I want to have you on as well, because I, I've learned, and I think it took a, a certain amount of time to learn how to be yourself, if that makes sense. To learn yeah. how to, it doesn't matter what you like, what you do, what you got going on. Like, it was up to me. If you cool, you cool. You know, I've always respected those super hard supervisors that are like, I don't care what color you are, what you like, as long as you do the job. Cool. I'm good with that. Cause right. Same level playing field. But it's Perfect. like, when you start, like you said, code switching, it's like, come on, man. But when you call it out, now you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, let me switch it up a little bit. It's getting a little tense. I feel like I'm finna get <laughs> already. Um, <laughs> I want to know, let's take it back a little bit. Um, how did you get into, like, how did you know that, like, this art and media and drawing? Because to give you a little context, the man can draw. The man can do it. He can graphic design. He has that artistic mindset and he not just like playing around like he got it right so how did you kind of get into that because hopefully y'all gonna see his pictures soon we promote this thing the boy been modeling doing the whole thing so when did you realize that was like a talent or something that you kind of wanted to do so i'll say i started with i started with drawing first yeah. um I, I think i've always been been drawing like my mom still has pictures of when i drew pocahontas characters mm. uh from when i was in like elementary school and stuff so I don't know when it started, but I've, I've always been able to draw on everything. I just, I don't know. I, just, I love it. Um, that guy doodling as far in school. As, yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. I was doodling on homework, schoolwork, <laughs> everything. Like, don't give me a piece of paper. It's going to have some, some art on it. Some, yeah. Some doodles, something. Um, but as far as photography, uh, so, when like, during high school, I got a little camera and everything. And I'm just like, all right, you know, I want to, I want to, like, get more into pictures and stuff. And 
I just couldn't find nobody to take good pictures. So mm-hmm. I was just like, well, I'll do it myself. And you right. know, watching YouTube videos and trying to save up to get a better camera and stuff. That's really how that started. And mm-hmm. then, um, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's just always like been interesting to me. Like I want, like I, I want it a specific way. So I got to do it yeah. how I want it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think a lot of times it's like people tend to like pick up different things. What mm-hmm. I notice is um like the kind of the knack that you have for it, but the the hard work behind it as well. Cause like for me, like you know, I tried to start drawing with you, could not right. do it. I still got the same notepad upstairs, man. And I try to Wow. Yo, I could do buildings. <laughs> I can do like <laughs> but um I still got the same like book and everything. I, I tried to be a man of many talents as well, but I did not have that. Cause when I saw it, when I saw you do it, it made me want to do it because I was inspired. And so it's like I think that uh, everybody should try to find something to be inspired by, but also know when they can't do it because it ain't my thing. <laughs> I, I've actually, I mean, a lot, a lot of people say that too. Like I've, I've taught people how to draw, like, you know, just basic stuff, uh, uh, characters, cartoon characters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like when I first got into like caricatures and stuff yeah. uh, years ago, like my dad can draw as well. So okay. we would like draw uh, like little cartoons and stuff, but um, like when I was trying to teach you to to draw, it was <laughs> yeah. I was like going step by step, like do this. You, yeah, you know? for sure. That's it's, that's why I, like, I put I it like down, man, because I didn't have you as a teacher no more. That's what happened. <laughs> Let's say that the two months was over and that was it. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna hit this mic one more time. I'm sorry. Um, so what you say you have plans for doing film as well? So what kind of ideas, if you can talk about it? Um, were you kind of trying to get into what type of film genres things like that um, or was it a secret I, so i want to do horror films i what? love i hate horror i love films. i love what ryan murphy does and i look up to him so much for who his is work i don't uh, know who that is creator of pose um, oh okay american horror story oh okay gotcha gotcha yeah right um, I love I love his work. Uh, Hollywood. He made the show Hollywood. Okay. Um, so I I want to do more horror because I love the special effects in it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could I could do documentaries and stuff. Like I would love to do documentaries, crime crime shows or movies, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But how I how I got started in that I, this was very recent too. So like in 2015, um, me and my best friend um, Anthony back in Fort Drum, we got together uh, with Michael Morales and we were gonna make, it was his idea, um, it was Anthony's idea about the suicide awareness film. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that I was gonna be good at it, but you know, we ha- I had a couple, a couple. You were parts filming, or you were acting. Okay, you acting. Okay. Both. Like I had I had a couple parts in it, and you know, helped direct it and everything. And mm-hmm. it turned out to be really good. And um, it's on YouTube. It's called Pressure Point by Anthony White. For those yeah. who want to look at it, it's really good. It's like twenty minutes of a short film. Okay. Um, and it expresses a lot of the triggers and factors of suicide in the military. Really. You know, because that's that's a huge thing. Um, a lot of people just like skate over it but um that that was near and dear to my heart and like the passion we had for that making it and you know seeing it come to life and and you know teaching people about it more mm-hmm. that's when that's when that spark hit and then okay. i helped my one of my co-workers um in fort bragg make a music video um and then 
when I found out I was coming to California, I was like, all right, bet. So I'm going to just be closer to where I need to be. I'm going to yeah. go to film school after this. And then that's, that's how that's oh, going to Oh, that's it for you after that's this? It. You this ETS done. it? What? I'm done. Yo! <laughs> oh, man. Done. I respect it. I thought about it the other day. I was like, man, I don't know what I'd do right now. Like, I... <laughs> I'm still finishing my theology degree, so I want to know I want to work in some type of capacity. But we getting my right. wife through school right now. She, you know, she getting her doctoral in physical therapy. So that's Congrats like our whole life. Man. I know that's my girl. I'm, I'm bragging all day. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I think that that's a good little. That's that's a, well, no, actually, my question was, what's the dream? That's what I was going to actually get to. I had it written down. What's the dream? Oh, ultimately? I want I want to take it. As far as I can, I want to be able to help people tell their stories if they have. So that's like the the motive behind it. It's just telling the story and educating through horror. Well, through through anything, I I have a really like diverse um, mindset when it comes to film. As long as it's shot good, if it's if it's like if I want to do a comedy film, I would love to do those as well. Um, Mm. Any type of genre, really. Like, there's I don't I don't like to be limited. So once I, once I get my skill to where I need to, I want to do all types of different things, many different projects, many different movies, films, uh, shows, everything. Okay. Hey, I'm down. I want the first ticket. I'm going to say that for right now. I want the first <laughs> ticket to whatever with support from all the way from Texas. Um, hold on. You. So now a big question I'm going to start to ask as well is how... Let me see if I had it written down. How how does how do you present yourself? So like, and why is that important? Everybody usually has a different answer, and in whatever manner. And when you get ready for work, whatever out, maybe go out on your day, go to work, whatever else. How important is it to you on how you present yourself to whomever? As far as like stuff that you look for to make you a better Steve, make you a better, you know what I'm saying? Um, I would say I present myself as honest and to the point as possible and and that plays a part in my job as well because mm-hmm. um at first like with and i'm going back to recruiting but yes yeah, at first like with recruiting you know you have this script of hey you should just persuade them and convince them to to you know that this is better for them i can't tell people how to live their life this, <laughs> yeah. my thing is i'm coming to work i'm giving you the information you do with it what you, you want, like it or you, you don't will leave here. <laughs> you whenever you walk back out that door you will leave here more knowledgeable than what you came in right so that's my job like and then if you decide to join the army or not that's on you like and that's just how i do like day to day like i just i say what's on my mind uh-huh. i'll be as honest does that get you in trouble a lot of times I need somebody yes. on my team, like Black yeah. Win. <laughs> <laughs> so if so, if someone just doesn't want to hear shit, then I'm just like, okay, well, as long as I said what's on my mind, I'm yeah. good. Like I can sleep at night perfectly fine. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like it's just something about it. And so, like, it's funny because the no tact idea kind of stemmed from that. And I told us, I think I told the story a bunch of times as well, but it's in different variations. But I, like you said, I can't sleep at night knowing I didn't say something right and I don't think that we were made this way for no reason like some people just naturally introverts some people naturally extroverts but I'm doing myself a disservice not saying Mm -hmm. what's on my mind not being rude per se but some people need that 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some people need to know, like, you out of pocket. And But the thing is, we need to be able to receive it as well. And so a lot yeah, of times... Communication people, works yeah, both ways. Right. So, like, if I, I'm right here getting mad because somebody say I talk too much or whatever else, like, okay, I, I can't be getting mad at that because I'm doing the same thing to somebody else, like, the same day. So that's been something that I've been trying to um, kind of subliminally push through the podcast is because now when I first came out with, I kind of explained a little bit more like why I wanted to do this, but it's a lot of people that don't speak up for themselves that end up, like you said, killing themselves or pushing it down or, you know, just feel like they're alone or have to just go on this such linear process because they don't want to go outside the box. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, that's another reason. That's one thing I was talking about in therapy was I had to learn how to, be okay with myself and to not allow other people's opinions to like uh just kind of break me down right um growing up like you know i was a little kid that would tell on himself like my dad would like <laughs> my dad he was like we'll be like in i don't know let's say walmart or something right and he's like, i'm gonna give you a whooping later for doing whatever he's like remind me to give you a whooping and my <laughs> My little self would remind him <laughs> on the porch, like, hey, there's a woman in the house. Remember, you got to whip me. I'm like, my other self would be like, bruh. Like, <laughs> I've always had a knack for just um, just speaking and talking. My mama said I was quiet, so I was about two years old. And after that, I never quit, you know. No. And so growing up, obviously, you know, you don't want to just be completely off the cuff because that's pretty much me for the majority of my life so far. But in the last couple of years, I've been having to be okay with myself, to be with okay with my quirks, and to um, just be unapologetic. Like I said, it's just to not mm-hmm. care. <laughs> you it's know, it's difficult to accept the things about yourself. I what, get it. Like what? What you get? <laughs> I mean, like, um, it, I have my my little flaws that I just don't like about myself, but it's. I, I there's some things I haven't fully accepted of me that I need to work on that I'm still working on. Um, I don't know, it's just if you don't mind, small. Um, let's see. It's important. I, there, there, I mean, there's there's insecurities that I have about mm-hmm. me, um, like how I don't know. I'm I'm really like so. Okay, here's here's one instance. So okay. if if I'm, t- if I'm talking to someone like, you know, trying to get to know them, date or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, I don't really give second chances. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, just block them, blah, 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 this and the other, you yeah. know, move on to the next. Like, I honestly feel like some people might mess up unintentionally and that they do deserve a second chance. And that's, that's my thing that I need to work on. I, that's one of my things I, I need to work on is trying to give people a second chance or, you know, not really just forgetting them and moving on because like not everyone's perfect. You know, everyone you're talking about for like cheating or something or like, or something small or what? What's the second yeah. chance situation? Being, uh, I guess, disrespectful or, or saying something they probably don't mean or something like that okay. or, or oh, cheating. Yeah. Well, um, that's two different things now. And I know, but still like, you know, there's, there's people who are married and, and <laughs> yeah. they, they go through things like that all the time. So That's it's like, true. it's like, why not give someone a second chance? Cause you never know. So. Yeah. For me, it's, it's been um, kind of similar actually. It's just really trusting people because early on I knew what a, a friend was. Yeah, that's another one. 
I knew what a friend was super early. I think way more than I should have. I was raised by older parents. And so mm-hmm. I felt ostracized the majority of my middle school, high school, parts of college because um, I knew what it real was. And, you know, you growing up, you, you just still trying to figure yourself out. But I kind of, I mean, I knew who I was, but who I was wasn't right. You know, you too real or you always so serious but, or, you, you know, whatever area I was in, people was like, okay, if you on a basketball team, you just part of the basketball crew. Or if you, you know, and even when, even in the choir or like on the drum line or even playing tennis, like I never really felt like I was me. Like it was weird. Mm-hmm. I never really felt like I could be my whole me because I was too much. And that's been something my wife talks about. Like I never want to think I'm too much to people. And that that's, I think a lot of people, and they have reached out to me as well, like, how do you go through life feeling like that? And like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm stepping on my toes, but at the same time, I don't care. Like, how do you get to a point? Like, I, you know, I just don't care. Like, I'm going to say what needs to be said, or I'm going to act like I want to act. And I promise you, it's just some people out there that agree with me more than what they don't, you know, but nobody <laughs> wants to say anything about it, Like they're quiet. And that's what kind of made me angry initially, like, you know I'm saying what you was thinking in the first place. Because when I say something right. quote-unquote off the wall and somebody might attack me for it, it's nine other people that didn't say nothing that's slowly nodding their head in the background. So don't be acting like I'm out of pocket. Anyway. But that's just... <laughs> I was getting my little... But hey, be, be you, do what you do, because that's all you got. I swear. So why, why do you feel it's so important to be yourself? Because everybody has different reasons. And, so... Know, the reason I, I say be yourself is because, okay, so when I was a kid, I was real quiet. I was the quiet, mm-hmm. like, you know, awkward kid, like, just drawing <laughs> on, on shit all day long. Yeah. You know, that, that, was, yeah. <laughs> that was me. Like, what is he doing? He's just drawing, like, because we mom. That right. was me. But <laughs> as I grew up, I kept a lot of, like, comments to myself of, like, or, or trying to mitigate arguments and, and stuff just just to not uh, just avoid people at, at all costs like just mm-hmm. avoid talking and as i grew up like i would say like right after high school yeah yeah a long time um <laughs> it, it took me that long to just be like you know what i'm gonna just i'm gonna just tell this person this or i'm gonna say this like i'm gonna but just what be real for because... you though that's a, what click because for me it took forever man we talking the last couple of years like me being okay mm-hmm. which is not caring what what click for you so I would say there was an argument. Um, there was a, a couple arguments with a few people in high school where they would just be talking shit and talking shit. And I'm just yeah. like, all right, cool, whatever, and try to avoid it. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I really wish I would have said this, or I wish I would have said this, or mm-hmm. I should have said this. And then it that took it took a little bit, but after that, I was like, you know what? All right, cool. I'm gonna say this. And it, sometimes being too honest, you hurt people's feelings. Mm-hmm. or or they'll be like okay cool you know i'm glad you said that and it's that feeling it's that feeling right there because i would want people to be honest with me as well yeah instead of you know uh beating around the bush i don't like that i really don't like that but like, everybody says they like me, their friend but they don't never want to hear it no 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 i want i want i want to <laughs> hear it i want to know because i would rather okay for as like relationship wise mm-hmm. as well I would rather someone tell me outright that they don't like me for whatever reason, or that they, they're just not attracted with me. Yeah. Um, then to, then to have a, a lying relationship go along or like wasting my time type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, w- I absolutely love that. Like a lot of people have issues with rejection. Go ahead, reject me. Cause that way I know you're being honest. That way yeah. I know 
you're saying what you actually mean, you know? That's so big. I can move on. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, now, everybody says that, though. I'm telling you. And I, I know for, for a fact that, that you actually act that way. But people say that a lot. Or they'll post, especially on Facebook. Lord have mercy. I know they have mm-hmm. these people posting all this hot stuff on Facebook. Like, bro, you, <laughs> you know, in real life, you just got played like two weeks ago. But she was like, I don't got time for all these, man, whatever. Uh, it's just being the most authentic you. And, and it sounds like a simple topic. And it seems like it's so easy to say. But I always it's like, yeah, I always like chiming on it and bringing it up. Because it's like, are you really, you know, who you want to be? Are you, are you trying to conform to what you think that crowd is? Are you trying mm-hmm. to, you know, just be this person? Like, oh, we're just talking about in the military or whatever that you think everybody else is. And some people see it as a, as like a play, like in work. Like, if I don't act a certain type of way, I'm not going to get paid. I'm not going to get this opportunity or I'm not going to get promoted. And there's, I think there's a fine line between, you know, your your morals versus, you know, having integrity. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just selling out. Right. And I'm telling so, you, recruiting will give you an integrity check out the yin-yang. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Let's say that I tell a man, like, when I'm talking to kids or even, like, adults that might come in, I say, hey, I ain't getting paid for this. Like, I'm, I get paid as a job. Like, I'm not getting no extra $10 just right. from talking to you. I just give it to them real. Because for me, I think having a job like this or even in sales or, you know, anything that's close to talking to people, um, you got to go home and go to sleep at night. And because if I send some dude that got like asthma or, you know, some crazy like diabetes or something, I just tell him to lie. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to make me feel good at night. But they still don't believe you because we're just in that slot. We're just in that recruiting area. So just by me having this uniform on, I automatically don't trust you. Then they trust their best friend that they did whatever. Like, him, he just played Call of Duty. Oh, yeah, my buddy told me I'm supposed to get this. Like, right? Anyway. So, I to get a little serious before we end, I don't want to take up too mm-hmm. much of your time today. We're on different time zones. Um, I wanted to, and this is for me and the people that might be listening. So, everybody knows that this is a uh, kind of a Christian-based podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, not every conversation is about that. But I wanted a different perspective on it as far as um, being gay, right, in the community that might not accept it. Because... To bring it all together, you know, you start seeing Black Lives Matter and then people was like, well, we can't stand behind it because it was created by people that they had no, you know, that didn't even care about black folks. They were trying to push an agenda. But now it's trying to turn into something a little bit better. And mm-hmm. I was actually doing my research. We talked about before about like, you know, a lot of the injustices that I guess the LGBTQ, LGBTQIA, right, plus community, right? Um, hey, right, okay, but, uh, <laughs> and they're very similar to what black people go through or a minority might go through, like just saying all Mexicans is good at construction is is racist, <laughs> you know, right. right? Like, and so just, just blatant like statements like that. So I thought, I was like, man, I was like, I'm looking at it, I'm researching it. I was like, I say the same stuff about what well, stuff that I'm going through, stuff that I've been through, and even from a Christian perspective, um. It's like another conversation I can probably never have in church because everybody won't be so politically correct. There's a lot of judgment in it. Or like, you know, they say like, yeah, you can come to this church, right? But you can't have a leadership position because of how you live. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't be like, I don't know, a youth pastor or, you know, even be an usher or something because people know that you might be gay. And it's like, 
what does it have to do with anything? And so yeah. I say that too, but because I, I feel about it, it's like, okay, it don't matter how I feel, whoever, how, how they feel. It's just like, it's love. Like at, at, at the end of the day, if you had some whole Bible of my opinion, you'd just be love, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not my job to judge people based on how they live or what they want to do. And I was, and so what do you, one, what you feel about that first, as far as the church thing? Did you grow up in church? I'm gonna get deep, too deep into it before I lose my, my Um Kind of, like when I was, when I was back in Detroit, we, uh, my grandma would always make sure we went to church um, yeah. every Sunday. And, um, you know, we was always there, but moving down to Southern Georgia, my mom tried to get us into church more and- it's Probably a lot more churches. um we we weren't too we weren't really too religious me personally um i I tried bouncing back from different different religions Mm. but um i i'm good where i'm at now like i'm not like too religious like i believe there's a higher power Mm -hmm. um because things things that happen in the world different people's lives like you can't say that's coincidence like there's been miraculous mm-hmm. events that, that have happened to all of us like there's something out there but i just i'm not a specific religion type of person so not necessarily like god but just a higher power yeah okay so have you been judged by religious folk because i think i don't say i'm religious i say i'm i have a relationship with god people always say religion or oh, i'm not religious like i get it like subsets you know like protestant baptist whatever but i I was taught to just kind of have like a relationship and so you know with god and how i was raised but i mean you talking about somebody being judged for wearing a polo because i was a drummer Mm. we're not even talking about nothing serious it was like a young (laughs) you know a young man could wear uh had to wear a suit and tie just to put a drum but i was like you can't rock so (laughs) (laughs) because it was i'm hot you know like i'll be hot playing the drums i was like i want to wear like a t-shirt i'm doing all my arms and moving everything and so you elevate that that judgment piece and i did like a whole episode on that about church hurt um but that a lot of people feel like so let's just say you wanted to try out christianity or you know or religion muslim i don't care Mm -hmm. you go into that place it's supposed to be love and kindness and they automatically assume something about you and they automatically like oh let's just put him over here or if if you want to work for the church they automatically you want think you might want to be in a choir or something you know what I'm saying? Oh, he probably can sing. Or you might have that artistic. Why? Because I'm gay? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I've seen that. And so I think that it's another reason, too. Like, I think that we need to be, like, this is as loud as we are about, you know, social and uh, racial injustice and things going on. Like, everybody has their own opinion and views on things. But I think we need to be just as loud as about that, you know, mm-hmm. about than anything else in the, in the church community. This is why, and one of the reasons why I even made the podcast in the first place is to let people know, like, bro, you know, like, you have the people to church fake anyway, you know, it's like you act a certain type of way. I feel like where I'm at now, they're like a lot more genuine. Like, I've been in church for so long, I can see it from a mile away. And because I might be younger than like the elder or the pastor, like, well, Jay, you know, he just rough around the edges. No, I know what real look like. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I know when somebody got the anointing, I can feel it, you know, because I've, I've operated in that as well. It's a whole other conversation, but it's just like, who acting brand new? And so even, I don't know, it's just like how we were talking about last week, people won't even want to talk about the racial injustice until just recently in the church. 
And so now there's a big movement in Austin, very hippie place, very hippie place, you know, but like they're attaching, you know, Black Lives, attaching to Black Lives Matter, now it's Black Trans Lives Matter or Black Gay. I've seen like every, you know, across the cities and stuff. So like, do you think it's, they're closer? Do you think it's like a something that could be put together? Or how do you feel about as far as the whole concept? You know, I did a lot of talking, but <laughs> no, you good, you good, you good. I think, um, like, what do you mean, uh, them to be closer? Like, are they because, closer? So it started with Black Lives Matter, and now uh-huh. you start seeing Black Trans Lives Matter. Ain't nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but it seems like they're trying to push it a little bit higher. So, I man, I don't think I'm neutral on it. I don't, I don't know if it's like necessary or not. Um, because like I said before, you know, the injustice goes hand in hand almost. Like I say, I've been race, you know, racial profile because I'm black. Same thing could be because I'm gay or trans or whatever. So where do you stand on all this stuff? <laughs> of course, Black Lives Matter. Everyone's, uh, everyone as a, as, as a human, like, what's the word? Everyone's, it's like, okay, so the, the biggest example that I heard, the, mm-hmm. the best example, it's like you have a house, uh, a block full of houses, right? And there's a yeah. the house that's on fire. Yeah. And the fire truck comes and it's like, this this house matters, so let's get, because it's on fire, let's let's put the fire out. Yeah. But houses down the street are like, no, all houses matter. Like, we're not going to give you water because all, all houses matter. That's mm-hmm. not the case. And there's people who's you know, voices need to be heard when it comes to these injustices because there's, there's too many names. Mm. And the, the fact that there's too many names to be said, to be remembered, it's like, that's, that's the problem. There should not have been this many people who have been in these instances and lost their lives, whose families are stricken by this mm. injustice. Like, it, it, there should not, none of those should have happened. Because I haven't the, seen any videos, maybe I'm wrong, but if I've seen somebody be racially profiled against, well, we had heard people about being gay or getting like beat up or trans and like in clubs and stuff, especially in Florida for that good little stint. I haven't seen white, I'm wrong, I probably am, I'm just saying, but like for me, it's just been like the black trans or the black gays or the black, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure it happens to other ethnicities, but I, it's not as like heightened as it is for me. From what I've been exposed to, am I wrong? It, it may have happened to other ethnicities, but at the, at the moment, it's minorities <laughs> yeah. that are mostly being targeted. Legit, yeah, it, that's the issue. It's the minorities that are being targeted. Not my biggest thing is when my when us minorities become the majority, that's when the tables are going to turn. Mm, so we got to stick together. We <laughs> have to, like, we we have to, like. What is it? What does sticking together look like for you, though? actually like, making moves you know actually wait. being there for each other supporting each other uh black businesses mm-hmm. uh, growth instead of instead of just having these mom and pop shops with minorities owning them be like having minorities become ceos of companies like mm-hmm. or growing their business to where no one can take them out you know what i'm saying like you being making smart moves like for those who have biz- businesses mm-hmm invest in what you need to grow as as far as big as you need to like i mean there's there's many different things we could do to stick together like we just we just actually have to do it instead of reposting about it you know tweeting (laughs) yeah right there's conversations that need to be had but there's moves that need to be made too yeah that's this is what i feel like i've been trying to do i've been trying to have a lot of different 
types of people, races and everything, because I want everybody to feel represented because I, you know, I was blessed. I felt like to grow up with parents who didn't care what you were, what you look like, how you did it, you know, and some of this for me, because a lot of people think they can't make a difference because, and all they can do is post for something. Like you ain't got to go build a school with, you know, with LeBron just to <laughs> say you like black shit, you know? And so I think these type of conversations are important and necessary because um, people, we talked about this before, people are afraid of what they don't understand, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of going to fear, there needs to be a large amount of empathy, which is what I need to work on as well, which is understanding. And I can't understand if I'm not willing to listen or to, you know, see, okay, who is Steve? Steve, who, who is he as a person instead of what he portrays? Or like you said, the second day from what I just see, right? You know, um, and so like even, it's so crazy, man. Like, um, I never, only I think I ever told you this. I was the first couple of weeks in recruiting school. That's how I was kind of clicking up. And um, one, I, I'll say his name after we get off the the, uh, the call. <laughs> but uh, he was like, you know, you know, Coleman Gay, right? I was like, yeah, what about it? Like, legit, point blank period, in the defect. It's a, it's a cafeteria. But, like, <laughs> he was like, are you gay? I was like, you think I'm gay? I, I was like, I was playing with him. Like, I was, <laughs> I was like, what you trying to talk to me or something? Like, I, I played it to the whole, like, thing. And um, I, all I could think about was my dad. Like, no matter how he, and he, this is like old school, like, you know, Baptist church type feel like, but even still, like, you know, because usually, like, it's one way, but I think about, like, my, my mom my dad, like, they did not care. Like, they did not care. And it was just so funny because I never had that hump to get over because of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't teach anybody to be, uh, I mean, you can't, you're not, like, raised up homophobic. You, I'm sorry, you're not, like, born homophobic. You're not born racist. You have to be taught, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was just so funny, but, like, I made sure even at the moments of like, bro, you know, yeah, I tried to educate, but when I saw that it was coming from an ignorant place, like it was supposed to make a difference in me. Like, I was like, man, you can think what you want to think, bro. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's just those moments that we talked about on the last episode, um, Value to the Cookout. I was like, it's up to the white people now to hold their, their friends accountable, hold their white brothers and sisters accountable for that because we're doing the work. This is right now is the work in my opinion. It's, you know, at least it's mm. part of it. And so it's up to y'all to have those conversations from somebody that looks like you, I guess, for you to understand it. Because it, we've been marching, protesting, right, whatever, for hundreds of years. And now y'all want to hear us now. You know what I'm saying? And even now, it kind of feels like it's kind of dying down a little bit. Like, no, like, I'm going to continue to at least, you know, touch on it in my conversations. But it was, I can't wait to tell you who it was. No, but uh, <laughs> um, I've been, um, I've been blessed to have a different mindset. And, um, I know that you too as well have cho chose like to, like you said, you were trying to be professional. You walk in like more of love than, I know a lot of people, they're not trying to walk in love. Like they're instantly angry at, the, at those moments. That's the energy I don't need in my life. <sighs> Man. So anyway, <laughs> cool. No, but I, I, I get you. Um, uh, what was the question you was trying to use my answer for? I I'd be writing stuff down. I'd be rambling sometimes. Okay, it's it's fine. Um, I think like what's kind of what stance did you take it to educate against people, or do you have a stance on that? As far as like them being together, like okay, yes, I'm a black man. 
as I'm a black gay man. And then in the military, that's a whole, you like, you like, you're hitting every box, right? And so it's like, do you feel like a, a sense of obligation to kind of educate people? Or are you just like, man, I don't care. I would say half and half, like, because it's, it's very, it's very rough to, to try and tell people what they're doing wrong or what they may need to do to make things right. Mm-hmm. But because I'm not, I'm not someone who's who's very like into, you know, politics and stuff like that. So yeah. there's not much I can educate on people because I, I need to learn myself. Mm-hmm. But I can only I can only go off a of personal experience. Yeah, like, for sure. As far as acceptance um, between other people, like when when I started to make that that change of um, actually speaking my mind and, mm-hmm. and really like listening to people and and you know making sure that they hear my voice as well that's when i i made the transition of i don't need to be accepted like mm. i don't and that's just me personally like i know it's a human nature to for for most people to want to fit in or or want to be accepted or you know be closer together and stuff like that like yeah for me i don't want to put in all that work if if i'm not going to genuinely be accepted so i just didn't care after a while if i was accepted like if if someone at work would say like, oh, you know, we don't, uh, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't mess with you because of so-and-so or, yeah. or if I get that vibe that I'm not mm-hmm. accepted, like even with family members, there's family members that when I yeah. came out, I have not talked to since. Really? Like, I have not talked, I just don't care about that because I'm yeah. not trying to, if, if you don't genuinely accept it, it's like, that's on you, but I'm going li- to do my life. I'm going to live, I'm going to live that, for me. That's like, the thing is the, is the empathy. That's, that's the, that's kind of what I'm working through now is like, I have had the patience, you know, I've had the, the, the patience for people, but now it's like, okay, now they're trying to get it. Okay. Thanks for trying to catch up for all these years that I've been whatever. Right. But it's like, I'm like, Ugh, like, cause and, and for Christianity for me, like, man, it's like, I'm always having to be the bigger person. And that's, that's the problem. I'm really trying to work through that because no matter how I get treated, I'm supposed to always be the bigger person, always, okay, God is love. Let me show the same love. And it gets frustrating. I think that's a natural response and natural emotion that is, is, I don't think people like, you know, get mad at you about, but like sometimes I just need to reset because I ain't got time to just be always showing love, always having empathy for every situation. But that's, that's how we trying to be supposed to be, you know, Christ-like. You know, I was raised, so like I tried, but, it's frustrating. So I can only imagine. Mm. Anyway, so last two segments. I see you eating. I'm getting hungry too. That's my <laughs> bacon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Is it turkey bacon or regular bacon? Regular bacon. I'm what proud you of you. Turkey see, bacon. I knew it was brothers. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so um, last two segments. The first one, real light. If you had a superpower, what would it be, and how would you use it to make money? Oh, okay. That's a good one. If I had a superpower. I'll let you think. And mine is always going to be the flash because, and I would use it to, I would use it to be a sports phenomenon because I'm really slow. You know, I'm slow and you cut through the wind like, like a knife, you fast runner, but I'm slow. <laughs> so like, I would want to be in the Olympics, we're in track. I would never get hit at football. I would do, I would do it all. <laughs> be like, uh, what's that? The Incredibles? Be like Dash. It just kind of run a little bit fast. <laughs> that's how I would do it. If I had a superpower, okay. You, okay, so you know what? If I had a superpower, and I, I, th- I don't think I've ever heard of this, so I don't know what it might be called, but 
Okay. It would be to it's it's two two parts. It okay. would be to know exactly how someone feels. Why does everybody say that? Well, listen, they don't want to listen. say that, but go ahead, go ahead. I'm listening. You're right. Listen, to know exactly <laughs> how someone feels and then to project like their feelings into like you know okay so how a projector works like okay, yeah. projects movies or whatever right so project how they feel so to visualize it so like if they say oh well i, I feel sad but i want to feel happy and then what i would do is project a dream into them or something of what can make them happy like what uh-huh. can what can fulfill their dreams uh, you would definitely make money like that okay <laughs> <laughs> Man, a whole business. I don't know. Let me see. I don't know. I'm usually good about this. So you want to project emotions? So like, if 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 someone was to come up to me, okay, hey, I come to use it. So yeah, like, look. So I had this car wreck, and I'm low on money, and I'm I'm feel really depressed. About, okay, you know my family. How am I gonna support them? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, all right, I, I need to know exactly how you feel. I'm like, I'm like this. On them. I'm like, all right, this is your emotions, and then. <laughs> Boom! I give you like a, a a vision of what step by step what you need to do to 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 make yourself feel good, and then they leave with like really happy mm. emotions and like. Hmm. I'm not sure that's a superpower. It is, I guess, because it would be instant. But it's kind of like going to therapy. Superpower. Emotional yeah. superpower. I'm with it. Okay, I'm gonna get the name for but that. See, a lot of people don't know step by step what they need to do. Well, yes, I'm saying well, you, my, it's, it's, a, it's a shorter process know. because if I went to therapy, like if I told a lady, like this is what I need to do to get over my issues, whatever, mm-hmm. she would give me mechanisms to do that to make me feel better. So it's just like a longer process, but you would do it instantly. Mine would be instant. You would know exactly what you needed to do. Okay. Exactly Good. what you needed. <laughs> and, it, and it would work. <laughs> so the reason why I asked that question is because... Um, Usually, when somebody you ask somebody, and I, I guarantee you, I would say in every episode, ask whoever you're talking to, trying to be a relationship with, or even just regular friends, this particular question for a second date because it tells you a lot about them and their own insecurities. So mm-hmm. I'm super slow. I hate being slow, so I want to be fast, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, I mean, I had asthma as a kid and everything, and I was <laughs> never fast. I was, I always got picked last for dodgeball. How you get to the army? <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're recruited too late now. Like. <laughs> No, um, he did do his job though. Cause I mean, we went to the little thing at the whole waiver and all this stuff, but I technically, by the law, did not have asthma. Anyway, <laughs> um, but so like, if you know, you say what what you want your superpower to be, and they say invisibility, right? Then that means you probably a little insecure, want to always be like in the, in the corner, you don't really want to be mm-hmm. in the limelight. So with that one, you you have an enormous amount of empathy, and I've had a lot of people come on like that, which is probably why I needed you to be here because I don't have it. You have mm-hmm. empathy for people. You have the, the threshold to have a, um, a large amount of empathy for other people because you want to show that love. But you also want to get it just as much. That, that's, the, that's the part. You, you have a certain um, way you need to be loved. If that makes sense, mm. right? Everybody does. But the fact that you want that to be your thing means that you want it just as much. So if you could do that to yourself, Wow. I know, right? So it's deep. Okay. I ain't got these tattoos no reason. No, but for <laughs> real, it's, it's, a, it's a science to it um, because everybody wants to be super in some way. Anyway, one little segment there. Last segment, and we're almost done, man. We probably went over an hour, I think, um, was the scripture. 
You said you don't really have a spiritual background, but I got to do it. So you take it how you want it. No, I got you. I got um, you. It's bring, coming, bring them on. <laughs> it's coming from uh, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, uh, verses 8 through 9. Now, as I always say, as I'm highlighting this, hold on. All right. As I always say, this is a scripture that no one has ever received and no one will ever get. It's just tailored for you. You will go down to history and no tech talk podcast and having this particular scripture in episode, I think, 19. Stephen Cole, yes. right? Uh, it's coming, like I said, from 2 Corinthians um, 4, 8 through 9, Eastern, or is it um, ESV? It's one I always come out of. So anyway, it says that we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. That's the part I want to focus on, but it keeps going, so I'm just going to keep reading it. And it says, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. So I'm explaining it. And you kind of tell me how you feel. But the point was, um, this is Paul talking and he's saying that, you know, we are afflicted in every way. And we talk about a lot of different things today, but at the end of the day, we can allow, allow that to crush us to, like you said, perplex, not be driven into despair because we do have Jesus. So you ain't got, I know whatever you believe in, but point is, and that's how I like, I tell people I recame to Christ. So it had to make mm-hmm. sense for me. Um, logically, to a certain, you know what I'm saying? If it, may, if it works for me, it works for me. Well, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, like, you can just say, hey, paying my tithes, uh, got, got my money in my pocket. But I had to try it. I had to try it out. The preacher was like, try me, you know, right? So I started giving 10%, and I ain't been broke since, right? And so it's like, yeah, I had hard times, but, like, I can tell, like, when I didn't pay tithes, like, man, like, my check would be, like, terrible. But now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm acting in it. And so I can say right. it works for me. So I, I know a lot of people say, hey, being a Muslim works for them. Good for y'all. But I know it worked for me, right? Um, but through Jesus, um, I know that no matter what happens, no matter how lonely I felt or feel, I mean, we're talking about even besides my wife, like, I think you can you have a whole family worth of people that love you, but you can still feel lonely. Because mm. um, at the end of the day, I don't really think that nobody will know you like God. You know, even your wife, your best friend, 40, 50 years of marriage, it's always a little something that you just keep, you know, of yourself. It's just my personal opinion. And you deserve to. You deserve to keep a little inner workings, like whatever you think about in the toilet or in the shower. That's your time, right? Right. No matter how much you're with somebody. Um, but I always tell people, yes, the Bible does say this, but I have acted it out. And just like you were talking about, um, all I have is my own personal experience. And that's great. You provided, a, you know, your personal experiences in this podcast that other people might not, you know, or, or thinking, like you said, but this is not want to say out loud. And you, I believe that we kind of fed people today. That's it in a nutshell. But I'll read it again. As you think about it, it says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. So, then you got to be long, but how you feel about that? I feel like that's good. And thank you for, for, for giving me that scripture. Um, just to keep going in a simple way, just to keep mm-hmm. going, not let, um, not let what we can't get in life, um, be our demise, you know, not, not let what other people have be our demise, not, you know, have the, the, the way that people affect us, mm-hmm. um, or how they think they affect us, you know, be as affecting, you know what I'm saying? Like not, yeah. does that make sense? Be a duck. Yeah. So to, just just to keep just to keep going, and yeah. because 
you know, we only got one life, so make it count. Yeah, definitely keep that's, going. That's that's, really that's good. That's good. All right, man. So I'm gonna put the Instagrams and everything so people can reach you. Uh, the man, I can say, does photography and graphic design. You paying enough? He'll come. You a whole photo shoot, I got a, the whole I got a thing. surprise coming, uh, and uh, I'm doing a Leah painting. So nobody, this is the first time I'm announcing that. Okay, you heard it here. <laughs> no tech talk. No, uh, but check him out, man. He does a lot of good pieces, and he's just a, a very talented individual. I'm gonna put all his information in the details for the podcast episode. Anything else you want to say to the people before we out? I just want to say thank you, uh, Jay, for having me on here. Much love. Uh, yes, I greatly appreciate it, and. This is one of many conversations that, you know, need to be had with, yeah. with, with everyone, you know, not just between me and you, uh, for those who are listening, I thank you for, thank you for tuning in. I greatly appreciate up. it. Reach out to me if you need to. I'm yeah. very approachable. When you want to be. No, but this is another edition of a no tech talk. It's always a reminder to live life on purpose. And also a little live life, a little no tech in your life. Peace.